Hello and welcome to the second episode of KitPod. Thanks to those of you who listened to episode one. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. If you've got any feedback, you can contact us using the hashtag KitPod. Just to introduce ourselves again, I'm Alex. We have Rob. Hi, Alex. I've got Adrian. Hi, Alex. And having featured as a guest last week, delighted to have signed Tom to a long-term deal as our uh, resident name sets expert. So hi, Tom. Hello, Alex. To get to it straight away, what are we wearing? See, a few varied and some pretty bright shirts. In a tribute to, to something we're going to cover later, uh, I've gone for a Borussia Dortmund 97-98 shirt. Uh, so it's classic 90s Dortmund. You've got that bright neon yellow, the vault yellow, as Knight called it. Got this black panel across the shoulders, looks sort of like a bit Star Trek officer meets lollipop lady. This is part of the Nike 90s neon series and legendary designer Drake Ramberg covered 91-96. But this is very much at the end so towards sort of performance design, so it's a very simple design, no pattern in the fabric, more about wicking sweat away and so on than having a rich kind of eagle pattern. And of course, this is the last season where he had that iconic Decontinental sponsor. Over to you, Tom, again, wearing a similarly bright shirt. So I am decided today to represent a niche part of the community, and I'm in women's clothing, specifically the Nigeria 2018 shirt. Excellent, looking good. And Rob? I've themed it this week as well uh, in terms of the content we've got. So I'm wearing the AC Milan 1994 Champions League winning shirt. Um, love the shirt, Lotto shirt, um, Scudetto patch, the lovely star above it as well. Some nice chunky collar and cuffs, um, all white as well in the pre-sponsorship days of the Champions League. But I'll probably talk about this one a little bit later on, so I won't divulge too much just yet anyway. And in a, a shocking turn of events, um, Adrian's uh, dressed in a Roma kit. Yeah, I'm not going to go too far off the path my sweeps, but um, yeah, the Roma Nike 16 away shirt with the Lepetto, I think it's a future classic. You can still get hold of it at quite bargain prices at the moment. So it's a beautiful shirt. Anybody who hasn't got it, take a look. And like I say, you can still get hold of them at pretty pretty good prices at the moment. So over to news. And this week, everyone, apart from seems Jurgen Klopp, is happy that there's a major international tournament on. So the African Cup of Nations kicks off today as we're recording on, on Sunday. Not only is there wall-to-wall footy, there's also a, a whole plethora of new kits more kind of relevant to, to the pod. So, Tom, you and Adrian have been previewing the kits uh, for Kit Mag, some really stunning kits out there um, in the tournament. Are there any favourites for you? Uh, yeah, we, we kind of went through it, the pair of us, looking at which ones really stood out this year. And there are some there are some really good shirts, actually. I think my favourite was going to be the Ghana away shirt because it's a great homage to Cambridge and their recent giant killing of Newcastle. But I had to change my mind because, yeah, too much, too similar for me. And in the end, I went for the uh, the Marley away shirt, which I thought was great. Um, has a nice little backstory uh, in that the designer is of Marley and descent. It's a brand called Airness. So they're based in Paris, but the guy that founded the company is from Marley. So he has designed this shirt, both the home and away, has the same shoulder graphic, <clears throat> excuse me, which features a traditional Marleyan design and uh, the eagle on the chest. It spreads out into stripes, the wings spread out into stripes, which are the colour of the national flag. So I thought that was, yeah, it was just a, a nice backstory and a really interesting set of shirts. 
Uh, yeah, just a, a quick note that we will uh, pop some pictures of the shirts that we mentioned today into a, a thread on the um, on the Twitter account. So you'll be able to kind of catch up with them. But yeah, really dramatic design, isn't it? You've got a beautiful um, bird on the front and then you've got the explosion of colours into the shoulders. So, yeah, r- really uh, excellent shirt. And what have you gone for, Adrian, which is which caught your eye? Yeah, well, I don't know about you guys, but I think AFCON, I always think sort of bright colours, brave designs, and they're quite exciting things you don't see in day-to-day football. So I always find them quite exciting. Having said that, I've gone with a team that probably we um, we all recognise and think of straight away, and that's Cameroon. So the Cameroon home shirt this year, Lecoq Sportif have designed it. I think it looks really nice. It's got uh, it's got the association badge on the chest. It's also got the uh, indomitable lion on the other side. Um, it's got sort of like the the flag on the shoulder. It's almost um, reminiscent of like the Adidas equipment type design almost with the uh, flag on one of the shoulders. And then it's also got like this lime claw effect through the material. I think it's really, really cool. One problem with it at the moment, I haven't found it in a UK stockist. The only place I can see it is uh, in Europe. And um, due to Brexit, they won't export to the UK. So uh, thank you for all you uh, Brexit voters. Cheers. That's not, not like Lecoq Sportif to have a uh, distribution issues, is it? <laughs> I'm sure Mike Ashley will have it next week, so um, I'm not going to get too disappointed. It's, it's, that's the true cost of Brexit, isn't it? It's not uh, empty shop shelves. It's, it's not being able to get the latest uh, latest kits. Um, now, again, a fantastic choice. Really, uh, sort of uh, iconic, simple, simple design in ways, but but yeah, really nice shirt. Rob, what have you gone for? Something a bit more adventurous, I think. Yeah, so I went for the Sierra Leone home shirt. Actually, I, th- I think Umbro have done brilliantly with some um, some of their shirts over the last couple of years. They've gone to Brazil and produced quite a lot of different type of shirts. They've done a, quite a few of the international teams as well, giving them a sort of a little bit of an edge. I think this one's great. It's sort of it's the blue shirt out of the three. Um, it's kind of got like almost a tribal or diamond style pattern on the front, which is actually the colours of the Sierra Leonean flag. Um, it's quite interesting. I went there a couple of years ago, actually, to teach Sierra Leone just for like a, a break when it was um, in school time, which is quite interesting. So I'd seen one of their kits a couple of years ago. They did like um, a collaboration with Labrum, I think they're called, in London. So that was the really, really interesting shirt. I think Umbro have done a pretty good job with this one as well, actually. Um, they're all pretty good, but like I say, I would love Umbro actually with some of the UK teams to take a couple of risks. I know they've got teams like Derby or I think they've got Burnley as well, haven't they? And, Sometimes you feel like you're just a little bit more adventurous. That would be great. But this one's, a, I think it's a great shirt. And I think I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that, what it looks like on the pitch. Yeah, it's probably nice, that. I mean, number what they do in Ethiopia as well, aren't they? And one of the other teams, what are they doing? They're doing this is Zimbabwe, like... I think. Yeah, Zimbabwe's yeah. really nice. Mm. Yeah, they've been brave with all of those designs. And, and yeah, it's, like I say, it's nice to see it because it's, like I say, it's not something we're seeing a number of design on the pitch here in the UK. Going back to it, that's what the tournament's all about for me. It's about the, well, Obviously, it's about the football, but the kits are all about the colour and the design and, and seeing something a bit different. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where when you, when you remember tournaments, European Championships, World Cups or African Nations, it is often that that you think of first, isn't it? What was the team wearing when they lifted the trophy? It was definitely like that for me for Champions League. You've all probably got that in terms of trophies that your clubs have won um, or who you've supported or what you've seen or games you remember. And I think they should just go all out for it, shouldn't they, when they're designing these sorts of kits? Because they come round every two two to four years anyway, these kit changes, don't they? Yeah, you're spot on. And do you know what? Even even a crap kit, are we allowed to say crap? Just did. Um, even a crap kit will will look good in history. If they win the tournament and they lift a trophy in it, some of the worst kits out there people remember fondly, don't they? 
But I, th- I think to sort of my, my choice kind of builds on for that, Rob. I think you're absolutely right that that it's some really great stuff from Umbro and some really mediocre stuff. It would be really nice to see domestically a lot more of these adventurous designs. So I've gone for the Zimbabwe shirt. You sort of mentioned it briefly. And just again, like another fantastic kit. So it's kind of drip, messy stripe pattern. So stripes coming diagonally across the shirt. So the yellow shirt in a mustard, red, black and, and green. And it reminds me, I don't know if anybody could bring to mind the, the Gladback 95, the cup winning shirt, which was all, all vertical. But again, this sort of like paint dripping design. And they've done this in a diagonal way. And again, it's just a really nice, uh, distinctive flash of colour. And you think on the pitch as well, when it's such a bold, bold design, it'll, it'll look great kind of in, in full flight. Again, yeah, that, that's, that's my choice. So really, really cracking designs coming out. We're going to be seeing on uh, our screens over the next two or three weeks or, or so. So, so generally kind of quite lighthearted part, but um, uh, Arsenal and, and Adidas have addressed something a lot more serious this week. Tom, do you want to to cover the the no more red shirt? Sure, yeah, I, I actually think it, this is something that d- definitely deserves highlighting, and, and Arsenal deserve a lot of applause for the way they've gone about it. And I, I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, but it's this uh, no more red campaign that, along with Adidas, Arsenal have decided to to ditch the red on the traditional red on their home shirts for the FA Cup game against Nottingham Forest, and this is to highlight the work that's done in the community to support young people who are potentially victims of knife crime or could fall foul of that and it's you know it's a serious issue and an epidemic that's affecting a lot of people particularly in London so it's great to see the club using their platform and using their reach in a way that can really impact people in a positive way and and affect a lot of young people's lives across London and the rest of the country. So I think a lot of people would have seen that these shirts aren't going to be made commercially available, but the, the shirts that the players wear out on the pitch, they will be given off and given to organisations that work in this area and that are linked to Arsenal and in, in and around the community in North London, which I think is a really nice touch. You know, it shows that the message is the most important thing. There's not really a commercial aspect behind all of this. And the message is getting out there. And, and that's what they've really tried to achieve with this. Yeah, so uh, absolutely, Tom. I, I think we often find things to argue about as, as Kit fans, but all United and say Adidas and Arsenal are doing a great job. It might be only a small gesture, but anything it can do to, to help this problem, I'm sure is really appreciated. Is there uh, anything else in the news uh, anybody wants to jump in on? Yeah, I don't mind uh, rounding up some kit news from Syria this week. So there's been a fair few kits on show that I just thought it's worth highlighting. So the Verona third shirt came out during midweek. I think it's his second Second outing, for anybody who hasn't seen it, beautiful green shirt with um, Renaissance sleeves, a bit sort of reminiscent of the Renaissance Italy shirts everybody was fans of over the last couple of years. Nice, nice smart design. And we also saw Udinese's 125-year shirt. Um, they're currently getting battered against uh, Atalanta in their bright orange third shirt. But um, is there worth looking up? But the big news, the big news from Syria this, this week has got to be Venezia again. Uh, the house of Venezia, as I referred to them as. I think they made a lot of noise this year around their shirts, um, probably more than around the team. No offence to any Venezia fans. You're probably recent Venezia fans anyway. Um, so they made a lot of noise with their shirts. Many, many polls have put their, either their home or their away shirt in the top two or three shirts of the year. The only issue being it's got 
a club crest, and it's got Venezia written across the the shirt, which was outlawed by the uh, by the FIGC over in Italy. Dropped the club badge from all of their shirts. However, in breaking news this week, they have got a shirt sponsor. So the Green Project Agency is now their shirt sponsor. Today they played AC Milan, and for the first time, the home shirt had a badge on it and had the Green Project. In fact, it just said Green Project Agency in gold across that black shirt. Has any of you guys seen it? I love that. I wasn't a massive fan of all of Venezia hype this year, but when I saw um, that picture with the gold sponsor on, I actually thought it looked even better than just saying Venezia on the front because it felt less like an afterthought and more like this is the shirt with the sponsor and the gold crest. And yeah, I think it looked really good. I think it almost made the shirt look even better. You wouldn't normally say that about a sponsor, I don't think. But yeah, I really liked it. I was glad it was gold, but I don't know. I don't know if any of you think the same because it's got the star, the star design across it. They've had to place the sponsor awfully, awfully high and to to fit in between that gap without overlapping any of the stars. That's that was my observation. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I think um, it, it goes back a bit to what we talked about with Ford Madison last week, aren't we? That that Venezia are not a team with big resources. What it's seven and a half thousand seat stadium, something been on the verge of financial disaster for for years. So anything you can do to sort of change your image and so on is is great and they, they've really sort of leveraged that aren't they they're, they're one of the teams that worldwide people look to their kits first of all and it's a really distinctive colorway and I think it's a really nice design that's that they've shown off this year and and like the the pair of you I think the the sponsor sort of looks even better it's just really in ni- nicely in line with the whole aesthetic of the shirt which you can't say for a lot of kind of big designs Thing is, though, which one do you own now? Because there's three versions of all the shirts. You've got the the one that was originally supposed to be released and worn with the badge and Venezia written on it. You've got the match-worn shirts that haven't got the badge and have just got Venezia written across where the sponsor should be. And now you've got the these new versions that have got the sponsor across and the badge. So which one are we collecting, lads? I mean, it's not like Kappa to make multiple variations of the same shirts. They've been doing that for years. Um, I've got the same problem with the Puma 3rd for, for Dortmund, but I imagine I know what your answer is in terms of which ones to collect. Yeah, none of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to final bit of news and kind of, again, closer to my interests. So you've seen that Borussia Dortmund have announced a competition to design the 23-24 uh, home kit. There's PDF template online from which you can submit your, your designs. It's going to be judged by a panel including legendary left-back Day Day and also Marco Royce. Uh, so I'll definitely get my yellow highlighter out over the next couple of weeks. And uh, I think it's, a, again, a nice gesture after there was a bit of a Obviously, a lot of, of teams weren't happy with the, the Puma 3rd shirts, but but Dortmund actually did end up changing their design a couple of times, a bit like Venezia. And in fact, the club made a nod to that sort of recent disappointment with their club designs in this announcement. So it's obviously a kind of a quite a concrete effort and initiative to try and get the fans back on uh, on side. I think it's a great idea that actually the, uh, the competition, Borough used to do things in the past where you used to be able to pick what the away shirt was going to be. So they'd have like five different variations. And then you had to like ring up a landline phone or, you know, send a letter or something like that um, to actually get the the kit picked and then go out to market, which I thought was a pretty good idea. So when I saw this, I thought that was quite good, actually. Just for a bit of fun. I mean, we all see these great kit concept designers popping up every now and again. Um, but yeah, I might have to get my Crayolas out and have a go at that one, to be honest. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you raise a good point there. And I think a couple of the US clubs have just literally done that last week, letting fans vote on the, the new away shirt for next season. I think I've seen 
But I think it's quite damning, really, isn't it? I mean, basically, the club's turning around and going, actually, we trust with kids with crayons, effectively, to come up with a better shirt than the Puma template that was provided to them by their, their kit manufacturer this year. I don't think many can disagree, actually. A kid with crayons would do a better job as well. Well, it's funny you say about the kid with crayons, because I was wondering if we could end up with a Pescara-type effort, you know, the uh, the COVID shirt with the rainbow the and the dolphin, because I wonder if they will go down the route of picking a more traditional Dortmund shirt, or we could end up with something completely off the wall like that. So, well, some of the concept designers have already getting stuck in. I've seen quite a few on, on Twitter feeds, and I've already that actually look, look amazing. So um, I'm sure they're going to end up with a really great shirt next year, which um, hopefully will make up for the atrocious shirt that they've had to wear this year. Uh, final bit of news. Tom, I don't know whether you want to pick up on this. So what, one of the best kits of 2020 is soon going to be available at a really good price. Um, you want to go into that? Yeah, so um, everyone's favourite discount sellers, M&M Direct, They've come up with an absolute weldy that I think I could be wrong, but I think maybe hitting at the end of January on their website. Um, and it's that Italy third Renaissance shirt, which I think it was an absolute tragedy that we never got to see it at the Euros. They didn't use it there in the end, but they did use it in the qualifying and uh, obviously a successful qualifying um, spell for them. So, yeah, that's going to be coming to the website. I think it's going to be priced at twenty nine ninety nine, which is an absolute bargain. And it's a beautiful shirt in hand. If you haven't seen it or you don't own it already, it's definitely one worth picking up, I think. Adrian, can you tell us why they didn't use the Renaissance shirt? What what was the, the style of shirt they replaced it with? I feel like you you would have finger on the pulse with this one. Yeah, the problem is, you know, obviously you get money involved. COVID put the Euros back a year and Puma decided they came up with this amazing concept of a template shirt. And uh, surprise, surprise, a white template shirt replaced the beautiful, beautiful Renaissance shirt. And um, actually, do you know what? I will concede that the Italy one isn't too bad. And the reason is it always had that, that logo, the club, uh, the club, the national logo front and centre, which all football shirts should have. And um, for that reason, it's, it's, not, it's not the worst. But, um, but do you know what? There is a link for M&M uh, in terms of football kit. Did you know they started off as a football manufacturer and used to make the Hereford kit? There you go. You remember that? The old uh, was it Sunny Vale or Sunny View? Yeah, that's why you're on the pod. runs and things like that. <laughs> well, I, I won't. I won't pretend I didn't see that somewhere, someone on Twitter feed this week. But um, going slightly off, does anybody remember uh, Hereford's halftime entertainment that they would do? Because they used to have cut runs. Well, they, they actually played Borough in 96, 97 when we were getting through the, fa- the finals of the Coca-Cola and FA Cup. And I feel like it's... Go on, tell me what it was. I can't remember what the halftime entertainment was. So normally you'd, um, you'd buy a raffle ticket and if it's your seats drawn out, you, you win the money. What they did is they divided their pitch into grids. They'd bring <laughs> out a rather large cow at half-time and they'd let it take a dump somewhere on the pitch. And if you had that grid, if you bought the ticket for that grid, you'd take the pot home. I don't know if you'd take the... the, the, the the cow home as burgers or something else as well. But yeah, you, that's how they decided who would win the, uh, win the halftime raffle. I'm sure the Hereford fans thought they had enough of that on the pitch at that time as well, to be fair. <laughs> I could have dreamed all of that bit though. <laughs> it, I, I think I, th- I did make a note of it at like two in the morning. I am sure that's, that did happen. It'd be amazing if somebody could just confirm that for me because it seems a bit far-fetched for me to completely dream that, but it could have been a, could have been a different team in fairness. I would, I would just say, and I think we'd probably all agree this, Eminem really sort of forced for good. If there's anybody listening who's starting off your collection or just collecting, particularly on a, a budget, you'll always 
some really cracking kits that may be 12 to 15 to 20 pounds. And there is an option to have an annual free postage, so unlimited postage for about nine pounds or something like that. So had a beautiful drop of about five or six Brazil kits that were 18, 19 pounds. There was a Barcelona COVID era fans kit and things like that so yeah check them out and and uh, keep keep on top of them kind of on twitter because you know they often have these drops but they tend to to go quite quickly just on top of that as well i think going back to the umbro loving we had earlier and some of their funkier designs i do think they have some of those hitting m&m soon as well so i think the ethiopia home away third are going to be on there and maybe a couple of others as well so yeah definitely a, a website to keep an eye on Okay, and so to move on to our magazine article. So for issue two, Rob, you uh, wrote an article about Champions League winning kits. You want to give us a bit of an outline of that? Yeah, so uh, as some people know on Twitter, I collected all the Champions League winning team shirts over a period of what felt like about 10 years, but was probably about four months. Um, <laughs> and for the magazine, I decided to just focus on the 90s shirts because they're better than all the other ones, basically. And um, they've got some pretty good memories in terms of the finals, in terms of who was playing in them. But yeah, it was fun. You know, it was hard work. It was expensive. I sold a few other shirts that I probably wish I hadn't sold to buy shirts that some of them, you know, are pretty good, especially the 90s ones. But some of those, I've got way too many Real Madrid shirts. That's all I'm going to say about collecting all those Champions League ones. But it was great getting them all. And it was, it was, it was good looking back at those matches as well from the 90s. So like, like you say, you've already got a couple of key collections, things like your Borough shirts and so on. So what, what made you want to kick the collection off? You know, when you're on Twitter and you're kind of scrolling through and you're oh yeah, I like that, retweet that. Well, um, Goal, the Twitter account, they had one of those little visuals that have like a load of shirts. It could be like France 98 shirts or Premier League shirts and the Champions League shirts popped up and I retweeted it and I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to collect all of these because these are going to be great and they're going to be dead easy to find because the people won the Champions League in them. So I retweeted it. And obviously, when you retweet things on Twitter, people are like, yeah, great idea. That's a brilliant idea. Then someone comes along on like the fifth tweet and says, that one will cost you £100. That one will cost you 200 quid. And you're like, oh, okay, great. But yeah, I kind of stuck my neck on the line and thought, I'll go for it. And the little graphic looked quite nice. So I saved it onto my phone and I thought, let's go for it. Why not? I'll try and get them all. So yeah, but... I think our era, maybe not Tom, but in the 90s was all about sort of the Champions League and as football expanded and we found out that there were other players apart from big hoofers um, who played in defence <laughs> and people who could actually pass the ball. Um, so it's kind of my era, I suppose, that 90s Champions League era. You know, likes of Man United getting beat every year by Juventus or Dortmund until 99 on ITV every week. Um, and then you kind of branch out a little bit more with the more modern stuff, really. I think we're probably going to cover off what's your favourite and stuff like that. But I've got to ask the first question. What was the most painful one to buy? What, which shirt did you have to shell out far too much money for and you hate the shirt? Um, do you know what, actually, right? AC Milan 2003, which is one of those team, team, guess, team guys, whatever mm. ones they are. Yeah, that it's a nice enough shirt, but it kind of, it's, it's, it's in bad template zone for me a little bit. It wasn't, it wasn't ridiculously expensive, but it was one of those where you think, mm, do I really want to pay that for that? Do you know what? I'm going to have to do it. The Real Madrid ones, to be fair, they're not actually that much, like 30 quid, 35 quid, which is probably not too bad. But yeah, that Milan one's probably not the most memorable one. Um, other ones have cost more, but 
are amazing, so I didn't really mind. I'd say it's very delicately, but brief period with McLaren aside, Borough haven't featured prominently in Europe. So were there any teams you'd sort of built up an affinity with, you know, through the Champions League and watching it kind of as a neutral? To be fair, Borough was so close to getting into the Champions League. If if we'd have just gone that extra 10 places in the league, I probably wouldn't have even started the challenge at all myself, to be honest. But um, do you know what? I, teams that were on TV, Man United were on TV all the time, weren't they? I didn't have Sky in the 90s. So you ended up watching United and kind of wanting them to win because you wanted them to beat those bad guys from abroad. But um, yeah, I remember a lot of that time, especially because it was the Football Italia years as well. So you're watching a lot of Juve, a lot of um, Milan, not so much Inter, they were more UEFA Cup that 90s era, weren't they? But yeah, I would probably say, look, watching Juve and watching United were the two teams that you would watch out for because they just looked so much better than everybody else. And it really did look like they were playing a totally different game to Borough. Even though, even thinking... though, even though I will get in, we signed a player for Brizio Ravanelli just after he'd scored in a Champions League final because Juventus probably thought, they're paying him £40,000 a week and paying us £7 million. See you later, Fab. He um, left the European champions for Borough and like trebled his wages. It's incredible. It just shows you what a, a powerhouse we almost were. So building on what Adrian said before, if anybody's trying to pick up this challenge and do it, are there any shirts you'd say are particularly hard to get or particularly expensive that people need to watch out for? Personally, I would just check the APR rates on any credit cards or any loan companies. Don't use Wonga because you'll probably end up losing all your shirts. Um, what I would say is obviously most 90 shirts that are famous cost quite a bit of money. So if you're not prepared to sort of shell out for some of them, it's it's going to be tricky. The Milan one that I'm wearing today, actually, I wore it in honour of me chatting about the Champions League shirts. It was a very expensive shirt. I will not disclose how much I paid for it, just in case anyone that I know is listening. But I do know, before I bought this one, the cheapest shirt sold was £750. I have to say, it's worth it, though. That's my favourite in a bunch. It's an absolute beauty. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing shirt. And I remember, actually, I messaged Adrian very late one night. And it it was, I'd seen a picture of this on eBay. And I said to him, I've bought this already. Does it look real? Because I was a bit like, they never come up. You never, ever see them. You do see fakes of the white capper, I think from 89, 90 more than this Lotto one. And um, I'd already bought it anyway. Um, but yeah, it was real. Turned out it was real. So the little tiny tag, if you're ever buying a Milan shirt, where they've got the tag with the badge on, I'm using my hands a lot here, everyone, for all those people listening at home. The tag next to it in Italian that basically says, don't wash it don't be stupid with it and please don't sell it. If you've got that little tag on there, you probably know that it's real. So this one was, was a pretty expensive one, but that was great. And then the Ravinelli one, I actually got with Ravinelli 11 on the back. And in terms of those two Italian classics that you picked up, one was from USA and one was from Malaysia. Is that right? Yes. 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 Shirts travel, don't they? They do travel actually, yeah. I, haven't, I, I daren't wash this one yet. Um, it's it's been on the on the rail since, and I'm just trying to sort of treasure it as much as I can. Definitely should. Imagine a few of them are quite difficult to pick up. Did you have to get any help along the way? Do you know what? Actually, what was quite interesting when I when I tweeted it out, 
about an hour later, someone offered me one of the shirts for free. And I was like, is it a Milan 94? And they went, no, no, it's a Real Madrid 2000 and something. I was like, oh, cheers. But no, yeah, they offered me a shirt for free. So that I was quite pleased with that. That was the purple Real Madrid one. I can't remember. I've looked at these shirts that many times. I can't even remember who they played. Can't remember what year they're in, especially the Madrid ones. But yeah, I got a bit of help with a few. I think actually um, a, a kit collector, Flying Scotty, um, Scott, he helped me out with a Real Madrid one. Someone had a Real Madrid, the white one, you know, the all-white where Zidane scored that goal against Leverkusen. And he he had like the tags, the receipt, the carrier bag, the bag it came in. He had all those things. So he was like checking against everything, you know, making sure it was real. He was like, it's 100% fake. Please don't buy the shirt. And I was like, all right, nice one. So I managed to, you know, it's more the checking that they were legit. I think I asked... Um, Damien from RB Jerseys about a Marseille one. It looked real, tags looked right, shared it with him. So it was kind of, it was more checking that those shirts were legit, really, because other ones are pretty easy to check. But yeah, those those big ones, really, that you're going to spend a bit of money on. I think you're forgetting as well, Rob, that I actually slid into your DMs at the time and offered you a fake Porto shirt, which oh, I nice. didn't know was fake. But yeah, it ended up being fake and you never replied again. Oh, Tom. <laughs> I feel like this is a pod moment that we're having here. <laughs> it's been heavy on my chest for many a month. Well, do you know what? Actually, the Porto one's quite an interesting one, and I still need to get it sort of changed a little bit because you can basically only get it in match one or player issue because of a weird thing where the sponsor is from like the following season shirt and the design is the current or oh, something like that. I can never remember now. But yeah, I still need to sort that out. So if, uh, I might start a Kickstarter for that if any li- listeners want to sort of donate 50p and see if I can get to like 20 quid to buy a new sponsor or something like that. Maybe a heat press as well. They're not that expensive, are they? They seem to be everywhere, those heat presses at the minute. They can't cost that much. I need to start implementing IQ tests before people buy heat presses, honestly. The amount of shirts I'm seeing ruined at the moment is it's killing me. I collect I actually... those ones. <laughs> they're, the, they're the ones <laughs> I get. <laughs> Tom, you've just done, uh, Adrian, you've just done, done Tom's whole Twitter account there. <laughs> terrifying experience uh doing it like uh, uh, you say you've done one tom or you've got you've got one like it's it's lining it up you line it up again i, I would spend me like spend like an hour an hour and a half to to do it and i could have just spent a fiver sent it to footprint and uh in in uh northern ireland and, and got it done like twice as well yeah it's definitely yeah. the way to go i've done a few amateur efforts with uh you know a, 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 an iron and the tea towels and some of them have worked out all right but yeah i'm retired now Tom, didn't you used to work in a Chelsea club shop, though, and, and print up stuff? Didn't you print the whole Russian national team shirts yeah. for them to wear or something? When I was at uni, I took a uh, like a summer job at the Megastore in at Stamford Bridge. And I remember one one week, or I think, I don't know if it was a weekday, I remember they, they, they went for a spell of playing friendlies there. So you had Russia for God knows why. God knows why Russia were playing at Stamford Bridge. But they played Brazil. And uh, funnily enough, Diego Costa played for Brazil in that game. This was before Ian E. Uh, became eligible for Spain and uh, yeah th- th- there was a kit man error or malfunction and I ended up printing the uh, Brazil national team shirts which was quite cool. I think there's probably a few billion reasons why uh, Russia were playing at, at Stamford Bridge. So your, your articles about uh, the 90s shirts in particular uh, focusing on those so in terms of you covered the final and that what's your favourite final of, of all of those? Favourite final is definitely the, the one that I'm wearing, Milan 94 v Barcelona, because it's one of the first finals that I remember watching. I think we were going on a family holiday the next day to like Mallorca or 
Menorca or Ibiza, somewhere like that. And Johan Cruyff was Barcelona manager. And basically, it was two of the football teams that I'd heard that weren't from England. So I thought, this is going to be a good game. And Milan absolutely demolished them 4-0. Unbelievable performance. They still had Van Basten um, at the time, but he was basically just injured all the time. So he didn't even play that game. They had Savicevic, Massaro, Desai even scores late on in the game. And they absolutely demolished them. Um, Capello was there and he took taken over from Rigo Saki and that team was was frightening. And then I remember probably all those ninety ones are really nineties ones, sorry, really memorable because it was always midweek, so it was a school night, so you're allowed to stay up a little bit later than usual. And then the following year, when Cliver scored late on against Milan um, for Ajax, and then the following year Ajax get beat, and the following year. You well, UV won, and then the following year they got beat. So it was quite a. You saw those teams again and again. So that was quite good, um, but definitely that '94 one being the best. And, and finally, out of all the what nearly thirty shirts, which, which is your favourite, and, and why is it Borussia Dortmund? Wow. Um, do you know what the Dortmund one? I quite like actually. I mean, I'd love it if I could get like the player version with the massive C instead of having the sponsor on, but. Beggars can't be choosers when you're trying to collect this many shirts. Favourite one, I'll do top three because I'll add a third ring because I've spoken about two of them for quite a bit. This one, the Milan 94, the Juventus um, 96 and third place would be the Ajax 95 for me, I think. Um, another brilliant Umbro design. If you haven't seen it, it's the sort of pattern that Spurs had. Lazio had something similar. There's quite a few, but it's got the Ajax badge replicated lots and lots of times um, within the shirt and the pattern. So it's a brilliant sort of Umbro mid-90s job. Great stuff. A reminder that Rob's article is in issue two, which is, is still available on the uh, on the website. So moving on to the quiz, operating a winner stays on format. So last week's uh, Victor Rob is coming up against uh, Tom. I hope you're feeling confident, Tom. Oh, I'm dreading it, if I'm honest. I'm dreading it. So gone exotic this week so um a popular collector's sort of choice is uh, j-league shirts and you might know that the j-league started in 1993 and and that sort of series of shirts is very collectible so there were 10 teams which faced off in the first ever j-league in 93 how many can you name as the challenger we'll let let tom go first very quickly trying to tot it up in my head uh I, I'll go five. Any advance, Rob? No, none at all. I'm on two. Oh, no. <laughs> so do I have to name them now? Go for uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just say I can name five and we'll move on. <laughs> okay. Oh, come on, Tom. I want to hear these names. Okay, all right. I'll go for uh, Flugels. Yep. Hang on, that's a, that's a, wait a minute, Diamond. that's a CBB show, isn't it, Flugels? <laughs> Steady on. Branching out. Um, yeah, Urawa, Urawa, Red Diamonds. Spot on, that's two. Uh, we'll go for um, Jeff United. Yes, three. And we will go for Yokohama Marinos. Excellent, uh, yeah. So I need, what, is one that more. one more I need? Yeah. He blatantly can, uh, by the, can we just pause a second? He blatantly can name all ten. He's played it cool because <laughs> he's he started with flugels. Come on, um, uh, Tokyo Verdi. 
Excellent. Yeah, we'll, we'll go for that. Yeah. So well done. Well, well deserved. So the the full the full list is uh, Kashmir Antlers, Euro Red Diamonds, which you got Jeff United, uh, Verdi Kawasaki, Yokohama Marinos, the Yokohama Flugels, Shimizu S Pulse, Gary Lineker's uh, Nagoya Grand Pusse, as I believe. That was one name. of my two. Okay, Gambaro Osaka and Sanfrecci Hiroshima. Easy. So, um, yeah, well, well done, Tom. So, just in terms of going back to the collectors, uh, it, I'm sure many of you've seen the the obviously the kits are available. It's a really nice set of white training shirts that are available. That have the the crests of each of the club and uh, re- yeah, really nice shirts. They're they're printed, so not not supplemented detail, but sort of ink printed. But they're they're really nice shirts, and there's ten of them, obviously. Uh, so if anybody's looking for a series to collect, they're quite cheap. You can pick them up usually sort of £30, maybe it's £50 on eBay if you can be patient. If you're looking for retail, it's more like 50 or a uh, 100 But But check them out. Some really nice designs on on there. There, there is an account, uh, Adi Ilif as well. He's uh, collecting those shirts. I was desperately racking my brains to think of his, his photos that he posts. And they, yeah, they're great. I think they've done very well. So uh, st- winner staying on. So so you face uh, face up with Adrian next week. Bring it on. Bring it on. Start brushing up on these um, amateur leagues that don't really matter. <laughs> Controversial. Um, don't know. Your Serie A knowledge is pretty uh, pretty on point already. I think. <laughs> um, so with that, we've we've come to the end of episode two. So thank uh, again, thank Rob, thank Tom, and thank Adrian. I hope you've enjoyed it again. As usual, we'd really like to get any feedback you have. Use the hashtag Kitpod. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at kitmagazine underscore or on Insta at kitmag underscore. And I hope you join us again for episode three, which will have a focus on East European kits.